Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Josh Gaddis, who's reinventing himself. He's an entrepreneur who helps small local restaurants to increase their sales by giving people in small rural towns the opportunity to work versus getting a typical job and now reinventing himself through the hotel industry. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Can you expand a bit more on, you know, where you are right now? What you've, I know you've got a long story of how you've got to your point right now, but where are you? Who do you want to be as you reinvent yourself? Well, you know, as you said, I opened up that uh, that delivery service to help the local uh, restaurants and also specifically during COVID have give people a safer option to uh, still eat out. Um, and as COVID slowed down and national competitors came into our small rural town, I decided to uh, sell that business. But and as you mentioned, kind of reinventing myself, um, have gotten into the hotel industry and uh, uh I've always loved hotels, so it seems like it's a really good fit. Um, uh, I'm a what they call a, a regional director of operations. I oversee multiple hotels, multiple brands. And um, as part of this reinvention, I think it would be fun to explore the idea of possibly owning my own hotel management company uh, one day. And uh, so I'm trying to um, play all my strengths, get the experience I need, and also the the confidence that I need in that to be able to sell my product, my ability, my experience to those hotel owners whenever the time is right. Love that. As entrepreneurs, that's what we we have to do to sell our skills. Our maybe it's a service or a product, but it's can be as, as coaches or consultants. It's what we bring to the table, the wealth of experience. So let's crumbs. Let's start with with the business that you had, the the home delivery um, during COVID. So, as someone who built that and sold it, what was it like for you through that experience? Well, it was uh, it was really fun. The the I will say the the time leading up to the launch and the all the things that went into that. Um, were a lot more fun to me than than once we opened and we had the you know the uh, the normal daily operations. But mm-hmm. uh, so when I decided to open this, uh, I will you know it wasn't like I unfortunately not necessarily had a passion for that particular industry or that particular uh, job, but I saw a need 
that needed to be filled basically. So that's kind of what prompted me to do that. And um, so we, uh, it was actually a friend of mine and I that, that went in together to do this. And uh, it started out with, you know, I said, well, what are we gonna do? You know, we wanna, we wanna offer food delivery. Um, we don't, I don't wanna spend, you know, 16, $20,000 on a, you know, on developing an app that, uh, you know, that I don't know, ultimately, is this going to be successful or not? So mm. uh, we kind of brainstormed different ideas and we found a few, you know, kind of app builders that we, and that one, and one of those app builders we found was what was kind of what we went with. And, uh, but it was so much fun getting out into the community and talking to these restaurant owners who most of them knew me because um, I played the piano in church when I was a teenager. Um, uh, I also was, um, I worked at the Burger King there in town whenever I was a teenager. So a lot of the restaurant owners knew me already, but my focus was go to the local restaurants. I didn't even go to the national brands like Burger King and McDonald's. Mm -hmm. I went to the local restaurants in town and said, hey, I've got an idea. You guys are, are not, you know, you don't have any where well, you have business, but your mm -hmm. your sales are way down. People are not coming to your restaurant. You know, they don't yeah. like all of these things that COVID is bringing. So I've got a solution for you. And I had a, you know, presentation pr uh, provided for them and went over it and everything and just explained to them, you know, how my product will benefit them. And basically it, it, Overall, the, the response was very positive, very, they were very receptive to it. There were a few things that, that I had to overcome. Some of the, the typical business model for a food delivery service is, you know, we're going to charge you a delivery fee mm -hmm. to bring in food, but we're also going to do, you know, a, a 10% markup on the items that you're purchasing so that, you know, as a, you know, as a way for us to continue to operate the service, right? Well, unfortunately... <laughs> And, and I did, and this is one of the things I didn't anticipate this problem whenever we went into it was the local restaurants had a big problem with us selling their products on our app for a different price than what the, the guest could get if they walked into the restaurant. So, mm. and I did not anticipate that issue. So we kind of had to go back to the drawing board and decide, you know, well, what's our business model going to be? Is it going to work? without having that markup, you know, because um, it's a lot easier to swallow a $5 delivery fee, um, even though your French fries might be 50 cents more, you're not really thinking about that. But when yeah. you go to check out and you've got a $12 delivery fee, then is the, is the customer really feeling like they're getting a value? So, we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and decide what we wanted to do to overcome that issue because basically all the local restaurants that we wanted to work with did not want us to sell their products at a different price. This is fascinating. So you can see the barriers come up. That I know from, from user experience that you, know, you go to a checkout page, you see the delivery, even if it's like five bucks, like, oh, I'll change my mind. It's such a stupid little thing, but it makes people stop. So what was the solution? Because if, if you couldn't add... A percentage on and the delivery fee was restrictive what was it in the end that you were like no this this format works so basically what we ended up doing was we uh we did away with the price increase on the items and we built a tiered system for uh for delivery so 
if it was zero to four miles, it was this delivery fee. I think it was $4.50. If it was 4.01 miles to whatever, it was $7. So, because we wanted to also offer delivery to people that normally couldn't get it, right? So when I, when I, growing up, I was in a very small rural town in Alabama and I couldn't even get pizza delivered to my house. You know, I had to meet them five miles down the road. And, and to me, I was like, if I have to get out, I would just, you know, go ahead and go to the restaurant and pick it up and not have to pay the delivery fee and tip the driver. Right. So, so when I started this, I was like, look, people that are eight, nine, 10 miles outside of town, we're going to take care of them. If they're willing to pay the premium for the delivery, we're going to take care of them. And then they can see the value and not having to drive all the way into town to get their food. So that was the first tier to overcome that. And then what we did is we built in a transparent uh, service charge, basically, that says, um, and we broke it down. We said, you know, the delivery fee is essentially going to your driver. So whoever, you know, the driver that you got, they're getting, you know, 80% of that delivery fee as what we're paying them to take the food to you. Mm -hmm. And then we also broke it down that we're going to uh, charge like a 10% uh, service fee that's just added on, uh, you know, as part of your tax and fees, right? So it was a 10%. And that was basically what we used to operate our business and to, um, uh, and what paid us basically. So uh, it was definitely not what we intended to do when we first started. And it really, uh, it did, I'll be honest, it cut into the, you know, the profits that we could have made if we could have done it the other way. Because if you, if you mark up those, those items on the menu, 20%, again, people are not really noticing those small changes, 40 cents, 50 cents. But when they go to check out and they have a $5 delivery fee, and then they have a service fee of four dollars they're thinking oh man it's costing me nine dollars to have this delivered do i is it really do i really not want to leave my house that badly now (laughs) we were fortunate that during covid a lot of people did the answer was yes i I do not want to leave my house right but you know but of course as um things started to reopen and things like that we also had to bring um so i had to kind of adjust a little bit there too Mm. that they're not going to see the value in that because, hey, they've been cooped up in their house for a year and a half. They want to go out, right? So we had to do some some other things to kind of um, drive demand for that service. Yeah, that's interesting to hear you talk about this because it's the it's the awareness of not only yourself and your clients, but the the end user who sees fees and delivery and doesn't know doesn't understand and doesn't have anyone to tell them here's the reason why here's the benefits so as business owners it's finding that resistance what how do we overcome this and how do we overcome this in a way that actually helps us move forward rather than butcher something and do something else based on this feedback or this hurdle that's not been communicated it's interesting hearing you go in that much detail with this one thing but it was so important it was well you know i mean the the value was, you know, we're selling that, you know, convenience. That's basically what it is. You know, we're, we're the restaurants providing the product, right? The food we're providing the convenience and we had to really hone in on how much will the customer pay for that convenience. Yeah. And, um, and, 
sometimes it was uh, a, a little different. Sometimes, you know, uh -huh. we might have to roll out a, you know, a, a zero delivery fee special or something because, yeah. um, uh, and it's interesting, I'll just it, shifting gears a little bit. Now that I'm in, uh, I've kind of made the switch to the hotel industry. It's kind of a little uh, different in the sense of we know that in hotels, lowering the price does not drive demand, right? Because there's only going to be so many people that need a hotel room in this and in, in whatever town on any given day, right? Mm. So if I lower my price by $20, I'm not going to drive demand. I might drive people away from another hotel, but they're already, they were already going to be there, right? So, but this was in this, in this case, we were trying to drive demand with pricing. Um, so, you know, a little bit different dynamic there. Nice. So, okay, let's fast forward. So when, when you got to the point where you realized, you know, let's, I want to sell this business and, and move and, and shift and change, what was that like for you? It was a, a it was very difficult. I spent um, many, many, many weeks agonizing over it, you know, because uh, even though I had the partner, um, I was the face of that business. I mean, I was I did all the social media. I was, you know, I did TV things. I mean, I was the one paying the restaurant. Owner, and I mean, I didn't do uh, ACH deposits or anything. I personally delivered them a check every week for what we owed them because I wanted to talk to them face to face. Hey, how is this relationship working and mm -hmm. how are we doing? So, but I had spent all this time uh, building this and, but I was like, you know, uh, Uber Eats came in and um, it was DoorDash had announced that they were going to be coming into the town. And I started thinking it's going to be a, it's going to be difficult to compete with these national brands. Yeah. And also, I started to really think about myself. Am I, do I really have a passion for this? And it, it, is this what I want to fight for, if that makes sense? Uh, because it is going to be a fight. You know, it's going to be a fight to overcome those national brands. Now, I will say. They bring a lot of weight behind them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, the town loved us and, you know, it's a small town, so they do love local, Right. But at the end of the day, if they can get it delivered for 99 cents with DoorDash and it's $8 with us, they might support us for a short time. But eventually the pocketbook's going to be the deciding factor, you know. Mm. So I just kind of, I mean, I, I agonized over it. it was like, you know, but I ultimately decided, you know, my heart really is in hospitality. The, you know, the restaurant, hotel industry, not really in the delivery side. So I decided, hey, it's best um, to go ahead and sell it and kind of get back into um, kind of what I'm doing now. Yeah, nice. So where are you going now? So what's, what is the vision for, for what's driving you to, to change and adapt and evolve into the hotel industry and to look to have your own hotel management company? I think it's... Um... I want to kind of absorb and learn as much as I can about all the different hotel brands um, because that that's become so important or not become, it's always been important to the, the owners that they want somebody that knows their brand, you know, but, uh, but that can also have a, 
a negative effect too, because if you're if you're managing, if you've got eight hotels in your portfolio and you're managing four different brands, you know, that can, you know, the old saying, a jack of all trades, but a master of none, you know, you kind of get into that mode. It's like, well, you know, I know a little bit about Best Western. I know a little bit about IHG. I know a little bit about Choice, but am I really a master at any of these brands? Mm. So that's what I want to focus on as, you know, becoming a master at these brands and being able to uh, be able to give that that advice that that feedback to the hotel owners um, to really help them improve their operation and uh, you know not only drive the bottom line but of course uh, improve the guest experience which we all know will ultimately drive the bottom line. Yeah, I mean we were chatting offline earlier about the the challenges with being able to speak eloquently and confidently to the hotel owners about challenges because they hear things differently. They've got a different perspective or a different approach um i just want to sort of tie a, a, an anchor into what you've said before now i mean what you did for the restaurants which is how to have that awareness understanding what the consumer wants how they're going to best use this what's going to be good for the the restaurant owner themselves so you were in that area trying to work out what's the best way to communicate and deliver this is exactly the challenge you're having right now with what's the best way to communicate and deliver what you need to to the hotel owners so i, I love that there's a little similarity there with you, you've done it before yes and, and it is and you know i've kind of started to you know i was looking i was like you know i have i have had that experience going kind of toe to toe with the owners of these businesses but at the same time with the with the restaurants i went to them to make them money, right? Mm. And ultimately, that's what I'm doing in this job. But there are times that the that the owners don't necessarily see that. They see they're going to have to write a check for, you know, ABC to fix these things. You know, so right. it's like so they see the when, spend, not it, here's the it, investment. Yeah, here's what exactly. you're actually going to get. As you said, yeah. rather than seeing twenty thousand walk out the door with guests that don't stay. You see, spend a couple of thousand on some improvements. It yes. makes their experience better. Put those two side by side. And it's like, as an investor, as a businessman, you, you can see which one's better: minus two thousand or plus twenty. And and that's so, what I said. You know, and that's what, when we were talking about how you know in in the the beginning when I said uh, being direct and you know because to me these things are no brainers, right? You know, mm -hmm. I'm, and, I, and I have to look, I have to acknowledge I'm not the one writing the check, right? Yeah. So I, I'm not the one that, you know, that's, that's taking this money out of my bank account to fix these things. But um, when you bring proposals that, that, that are not going to cost anything out of pocket, you know, you've done, and I've done my homework and I've presented this proposal and this is, you know, um, I'm like, it's a no-brainer. Why? Why are we dragging our feet on this? Let's let's make it happen. Yeah. And I don't want that that approach to damage relationships. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, whether we're yeah, hotel industry, your your delivery company, um, agencies, coaches, consultant is about business is about relationships. B two B, B two C. It's just all business to human. It truly, truly is. So it's how we actually build those relationships, but also manage ourselves. Because whilst you are hugely confident in your abilities and you know what you know, and you know what the right out outcome should be, 
our ability to communicate and sell ourselves in the moment with those, the clients, the hotel owners, whoever it might be, it can be tough, right? It can be, especially, you know, switching gears from, uh, working for a company that owned the hotels and I just, I fixed whatever it was, you know, mm. I pulled out my company credit card and I bought whatever we needed. Right. And, you know, I kind of, that's kind of was my expectation whenever I came to the management uh, side of well, the, the management company side of it. Um, but it's different, you know, you have, it is mm. about consulting and building that relationship and, um, have their them having trust and confidence in you that the advice that you're bringing them is sound and that that you do have their best uh interest at heart whenever you're providing these proposed proposals and making these suggestions um so building the relationship and you know uh i've never really struggled with with relationship building i've, I've actually always excelled at it but this is a different dynamic you know because um, I see I'm in the hotels usually a lot more than an owner would be, right? So mm. I'm seeing all these things that that need to be done and I'm seeing and, and this is where I kind of draw the line is when I'm seeing these things that are uh, you know impact negatively impacting the guest experience, right? And every hotel now is so honed in on those guest survey scores and, you know, all these, you know, all the social media and all the reviews that get posted now, I mean, th that those things are there forever, you know, and if somebody is looking for a hotel, what are they going to do? They're going to go and search, you know, hotels, Charlotte, North Carolina, they're going to see a list of these and, and what are they doing? They're looking, okay, oh, they've got a 2.5 rating. I'm not staying there, you know? Yeah. So I start to see these, these things of where it's impacting the guest. And then I'm thinking to myself, it's a no brainer. Let's just move forward. Let's do it. You know, but then, you know, other people, mentors and other people are like, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of ease them into it. You kind of, maybe you help them uh, make them think that it was their idea, you know, <laughs> kind of, um, help them walk them into the idea so they think it's their own in a way. Um, and maybe that'll get more buy-in. So that has definitely been a, a struggle for me at times is, is how to navigate through that relationship where it's different from other relationships that I've managed in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're back to business and customer. However you wrap this up is how to identify where they are mentally, emotionally, what their, what their needs are what their goals are, what they value. Once you can start to identify that, oh, it becomes so easy to be able to communicate effectively because you know what, how you need to speak. So I say it's easy. It, it's simple, but it's not easy to do. Once you understand it, then it becomes in. But there's some work that takes in getting that as you change with you know, different hotel owners. Well, it's like, you know, I mean, I, I've had many, many years experience managing people, right? The general manager, the, the uh, line employees and, you know, have wonderful relationships with them. I've, I've developed so many uh, hourly people into managers and, you know, uh, assistant managers into general managers um, because I take that approach to developing them and, and taking an interest in their, uh, in their development, in their career. Um, but it's different because, 
these guys own the hotel, right? There's no, there's really no development for them, right? They own the hotel. They're not trying to move up to a higher level or advance their career. What they're wanting to do is increase the revenue and their their profit in their hotel. I mean, that at the end of the day, that's what they want to do, right? Make that so, more efficient and effective. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So it's a different right. relationship than um, than what I've had. Yeah. Josh, hey, this has been so, so interesting, picking apart the two very different businesses, understanding it from your perspective and oh, all the challenges and dramas and worries and, and, and things that come along along the way. So, hey, thank you so, so much for sharing your journey. Thank you. Thank you. It's been it's been a pleasure. I uh, I spent uh, it kind of I poured my heart and soul into that uh, delivery business, and I've never really kind of come on and, and to tell anybody kind of the story about you know and why I got into it and why I got out of it. You know, all they saw was this crazy guy from you know, from a small town in Alabama that was always you know advertising and on TV and doing all you know. So they're but they didn't know well, why did he do this or, you know, yeah. and why did he get out of it? So it's, it's cool to be able to come on and share this with, with your listeners. And I hope it inspires people to, to do a thing that they, they, they see a hole, they see a, uh, maybe it's a passion project or, oh my gosh, you mean this could work? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for helping to inspire many others. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if people want to find out more about you, where, where can they find you online? Well, um, I, I, on LinkedIn, I've got a LinkedIn account, Joshua Gaddis, uh, Facebook as well. And then uh, we have, as kind of this reinvention project, I have uh, launched my own podcast for hospitality operators. And this is for anybody um, from a line level employee, housekeeping supervisor, front desk supervisor, general manager. It's basically, I'm going to give you advice on how to run your hotel better, whether it's basic things like, well, at, at the core, I believe hotels are three things, three C's, curb appeal, clean, well-maintained rooms, and customer service. So we we kind of take those three things and we unpack them and we expand on them to help people run their hotel better. And uh, the name of the podcast is Rethinking Hospitality which kind of goes hand in hand with reinventing and, you know, kind of, uh, kind of that thing, because I want people to get back to the basics. You know, I think that a lot of the hotels have, um, they're, they're, they're so much, they're so similar in so many ways. You know, the rooms are about the same size. The exterior of the hotels look very similar. The amenities are the, pretty much the same, you know, so let's get back to the basics and what does a, the guests really want when they come to the hotel and that's what we cover on the podcast so uh it's for anybody in hospitality to come on and uh and learn with us love that well everyone go check that out and josh thank you so much again for for sharing and, and playing along yes sir thank you so much i've enjoyed it hey katie yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. 
we'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.